I'm Chris, and with me is Matt, and we're slowing down, talking to the people around us between the miles. Matt, happy early Father's Day, my friend. How are you doing? Good, man. Happy early Father's Day to you as well. I, yeah. Uh, it's a special, this is, you know, it's it's actually one of the more special times of year. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that kind of it sneaks up on you and then when when you're there you know a lot hits you uh you know leading up and, and day of yeah you know it, it's funny because um just recently uh school's finished for our boys and uh, uh my oldest son matthew is going into middle school so i'm celebrating with his father's day 11 years of being a father which uh is, is kind of cool um and then i know lucy and benjamin are about the same age right so about eight years of fatherhood and, and everything. And it's amazing um, now having a preteen in the house, uh, how much my fathering is changing and has changed and how much my career as a youth minister, because I've worked with teens for 17 years, how much that has changed as well. And so I'm, I'm excited about the show. I'm excited about our conversation, um, you know, giving a shout out to all the fathers out there and talking about our experience of being dads, how we've nailed it and how we have not nailed it. So anyway, uh, yeah, looking forward to this talk. So the first question that I have for you, Matt, is to, uh, whether it's with you, Lane and Lucy, or you know, growing up, do you guys have any like Father's Day traditions? Like, was there any like thing that was memorable when Father's Day coming up? It's like, oh crap, I gotta get my dad a tie. Like, tell us a little bit about your Father's Day traditions and experiences growing up. Um, well, I would say traditions growing up, uh, I can't think of anything specific, which is why I think that today there's nothing really specific. Like we, we don't have any specific traditions. I think the expectation that most people have that we live, you know, now that we live in this social media fueled society is I, I, I think people expect me to say donuts with dad. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, because Lucy and I, when she was much younger, you know, we would go, we grab donuts, we posted on, you know, Instagram or Facebook. And it was a great way for us to kind of share with our family who, you know, who are, who are distant, but yeah, not, nothing specific. How about you guys? Well, you know, it's fine because I think for years, um, well, let me go back to growing up. So growing up, you know, I, I, it, like you, I, it's a little bit fuzzy. Um, when my parents, you know, separated and divorced in high school, there was obviously, you know, not a lot there. It, it was all over the place um, in that regards. I remember, you know, cookout. That was like the big thing, right? We got to have a cookout. And that seems to be the, the big uh, quintessential, like traditional Father's Day. We got to grill out and, you know, give dad beer and, and brats, you know, and, and things along those lines. And what... I've found, and this might sound so wrong, and I, I don't care if people judge me on this. My wife and I talked about this. I think for a couple of years, the way that I was trying to set up Mother's Day and the way that Kate, my wife, was trying to set up Father's Day was like the opposite of what we should have been doing. Because what I was trying to do for Kate for Mother's Day for a couple of years was what I wanted for Father's Day. And what she was doing for me for Father's Day was like um, what she wanted for Mother's Day. And what I mean by that is, on Mother's Day, I would do my best to just take the kids and give her time away from them, right? But all she really wanted to do, especially in the early years, now that's kind of changed, but like in the early <laughs> years, we spend as much time with the boys as possible. 
And then on Father's Day, she would plan all these activities for us to do. And all I wanted to be, and I know I sound like a bad dad, was just be left alone. <laughs> you know, kind of just like, I know I did the deed. I know I have kids. Like, we'll have breakfast together. But then the rest of the day, um, you know, just I, I want to work in the yard or drink beer or whatever. And I know that sounds selfish, but yeah, that's that's kind of how it's evolved. Um and I think that changed last year with the pandemic, you know, it was obviously like just great to spend time together as a family and, and celebrate those days. But uh, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on, on the, on, on the approaches. Well, uh, first I, I love that uh, because we're, we think we're giving gifts and, and at the, you know, and really we're, we're giving the gift that we would want, but we don't echo specifically what we want. Right. So there's just that drop in communication I, you know, this brings me back to something my dad's always said. And uh, I think we'll probably talk about this as, as we go along, right? Is, is there's like dadisms and dad jokes and all these different things. But one of the things that did stick with me is uh, my, my dad um, talking about two things. One, that Father's Day didn't have to be special to him because to him, every day was Father's Day, right? So when you're growing up, you're you, you know, and, and even like, you know, whether you're a preteen or a young adult or whatever it is, you're like, ah, man, my dad's so corny, right? And yet today I, I kind of find myself living by that mantra, right? Every day is Father's Day. If, if I just wait for one day a year to, to do the specific things or not do the specific things, uh, you know, with my daughter or my wife or whatever it is, it's like, you know, Am I really creating a power of moments in my life, right? The, the second, you know, thought around that and, and uh, you know, with, with regards to um, something my dad said was uh, that my birthday, right, was, was always his, his and my mom's birthday as well. It's the day that they became parents because I, I was the oldest sibling. And so... I think it's cool to like celebrate in our own ways. Uh, but at the same time, you know, treating every day like Father's Day is pretty cool. You know, celebrating the birth of your child as, as actually maybe the most important birthday on your calendar now, that's pretty unique. And, and so I take that away from him, you know, something that I might have thought is so corny and, and, and dad-like is something that now I covet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, I, you know, that's something I've even heard from my own my own dad, um, which um, is a whole nother podcast in itself, like just the relationship I have with him. But, you know, one of, one of the things that was really resonating with me while you were talking is about how like um, guys our age and the way that we've had the parent is is very different from not just our dads, but our dad's dads. Right. Like um, I forget where. I was hearing this the, the other day and this, you know, it's nothing new, but I mean, there was a time, right. Where, um, at the birth of your children, dads were out in the lobby or not even at the hospital, you know, just like drinking and smoking, waiting for someone to say like what their wives had just had. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember when, uh, uh, before Kate and I got pregnant, when we got invited to our first baby shower, I remember thinking to myself, like, baby shower. Why do I have to go to a baby shower? Right? Like, I don't want to go to even my own baby shower, but, 
Um, thank God I grew up with four sisters and a strong mom who like, you know, uh, really encouraged me to be, you know, more involved. And, and honestly, like, I, I think I wanted to be involved. It was just this weird sort of permission. So, you know, even though um, I, I, I've had a father present for, for most of my life, um, knowing how to be a father today, I think uh, has been just interesting territory. And it's just been such a different paradigm from what we had growing up. And I, and I don't know. I mean, would you agree with that? Would you uh, say like, uh, because knowing you um, a little bit uh, and, and knowing that we're very involved in our kids' lives, right? Like you and Lucy go on daddy-daughter dates a lot. And, and even beyond that, you're like involved. And like for me, you know, I drive my kids to school pretty much every single day and pick them up. I'm the one, you know, taking them to, um, you know, piano lessons and, and baseball. And it's not that you know, Kate and Lane don't care, right? It's, they do. It's just, we're very involved fathers in our kids' lives. And that's something that I know is different from my father. And I, I don't know if that's the same with you and, and your dad. Well, I think, I think, you know, you can attribute, right? How each generation has behaved based off of the generation or generations before them, right? So to your point, uh, that's like the first thing that comes to mind for me is, you know, my dad shaped me, his dad shaped him, so on and so forth. I think what, I, what gets me is now I like, I am constantly like thinking and, and figuring out like, am I involved? Am I too involved? Am I this? Am I that? Right. And so I don't know that our like whether or not our dads, you know, had that level of thought, right? Because my dad's dad probably didn't communicate with them, right? Was was probably that. And then with my dad, you know, the pendulum swing that he was super involved in everything. He coached my teams and, and whatnot. And I haven't had those types of shared experiences with my daughter yet that have allowed me to, you know, really figure out am I involved or too involved? And so I found myself recently thinking like, you know what, signups for the fall are going to be here before we know it. So like, how can I get out in front of that and start planning? So, you know, and, and what, what's Lucy's input, right? So, so I'm jumping around a lot and, and I think it gives the listeners a glimpse into like the day-to-day of, of, of being a father and, and just the perspectives that I, that I have, right. Of, of fatherhood. And, and I think it encapsulates realistically, whether the communication is there or not, it, it probably encapsulates what all dads go through, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, I was talking to my sister, Catherine about this the other day, and we were just talking about parenting. And we said, this is the most difficult thing we've ever done in our entire lives. Right. And, you know, um, and I know one of the things we want to talk about is the the differences and the similarities between fathering a, a daughter versus fathering sons, right? Um, and it's kind of funny because you grew up with just a brother, no sisters. I grew up with just sisters, no brothers, yet our our, our children are the opposite, right? And so <laughs> it's like we're entering into these new worlds and everything. And I remember um, just you know, uh, when I, when I was growing up and I love all my sisters, but always wanting a brother, never having that brother. So when, um, when we got pregnant with Matthew, we, we didn't find out the gender, right. 
Um, and, but when I heard congratulations, it's a boy, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I was just like, ecstatic. And then I was scared out of my mind, because I was just like, Oh, my gosh, like, uh, you know, like, how do I like, teach him to be a man, you know, what kind of man do I want him to be like, what the hell am I gonna do? This is so messed up, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what it was like when uh, with, with you guys and Lucy, but well, so we learned, right? Like okay. we were the it's so funny because there are so much opposites in what you just said that I'm like, as, as the listeners can't, you know, certainly see it. You're talking about like being excited about having a boy and not knowing the gender and like waiting, you know, for that moment. Well, like we could not wait. Like that was, that was off the table. And so when we went to the appointment for the sonogram, uh, you know, we're sitting there and, and like, you don't know when the heck, they're going to tell you and not tell you and, and whatever. And so there's always those, you know, comedic tropes or whatever it is like, Oh, do you want to know or, or, or whatever? And I, I can't envision that, but what I can envision is this. When the doctor or, or the, you know, the, the person who was operating the sonogram uh, told us specifically that we were having a girl, I didn't have a reaction. And that reaction was apparently a reaction, right? So here I was and like, I was just taking it in and, and in the moment, I didn't know what to think, but gosh, it is such a gift to have a daughter. And I think that my wife for the longest time, or at least for the, you know, the, the short term, thought I was disappointed that we weren't having a son. And I was just kind of processing like, wow, this is a gift that I've never experienced. And it gives me the opportunity to, uh, you know, not have to fall into like, into that, I don't want to call it trap, but the expectations of the father son relationship and, and all those other things that come along with it. Well, I mean, that's the kind of fun thing though, about being a father, right. Is like, there are, whether you, you like them or not, there are these like kind of cool visual expectations, right? Like, you know, um, I, I love my two sons, but, you know, I know that one thing I would have been excited about if we had had a daughter is that, you know, the day she gets married, walking her down the aisle, the daughter, you know, father-daughter dances, things along those lines, right? And I know that's totally what I would want, not necessarily what she would want, but, you know, there are those sort of things. But with, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, like, one of my favorite movies of all time is Field of Dreams, you know, and there's that scene at the end where I'm sorry, everybody, it's not really a spoiler, but it's a spoiler where he's playing catch with his dad. Right. You know, and um, the first time I played catch with with my sons, um, uh, especially both of them together, not just Matthew, but like Ben and Matthew, like I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is a field of dreams moment. And um, and because there are these like unspoken connections you can have with your kids. Right. Um, not just fathers and sons, but just fathers and their kids, right? There's just one of the things that I, I, um, I enjoy the most about being a dad are these like unspoken moments that we share together, whether that's going on a hike, throwing around the baseball, you know, um, even uh, now when we play video games, even though Matthew kicks my ass in that, uh, you know, it's just like these unspoken moments where, you know, we just... Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's growing together and it's being together. And so for me, um, when I found out that I was going to be a dad, um, 
I, I was just really looking forward to those moments. And I look forward to more of those moments, especially as they get older. Like, for example, again, my expectations, not what my sons want. I would love to do a road trip with them, you know, when they graduate high school, you know, just get in a car, or drive across the U U.S. or whatever it might be, or hike the Appalachian Trail. I don't know what they're up for if they want to even spend time with me. But like just this idea of watching them grow in, from from little babies into to grown men, uh, like I, I, it's just it it brings so much joy. Well, you, you actually bring up a, a really cool and unique thought and perspective around how much should we like fabricate or create those moments and how much of it do we need to like take a step back and let them drive right like how how many times do people force their kids into sports right or or what or or like you know like don't fully support them being in the school play right or whatever it might be right that these things that we see so number one right i think going back to what you said is is fatherhood has taken on such a different form nowadays that there's i don't know if it's grace or expectation or whatever it is is like there is no more poster of like dad right? Like you and I cook a lot of the meals in our homes, right? We, we do clean and contribute. We do drive the kids to school. And yet that doesn't mean that our wives don't also contribute in those same ways or that the roles are completely reversed. I, I just think that there's become this blending, right? Yeah. But at the same time, one of the biggest things I struggle with, and, and so I, I've actually taken action on is you know, Lucy's probably not going to want to do a lot of the things that I think would be really great experiences for her at this age because she just doesn't know any better. Right. And so, like, I don't have to, like, it doesn't have to be all or nothing propositions, right? Like, mm -hmm. so so what I mean by that, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of toss it back to you here in a second, is my daughter right now, like, loves being on screens like watching youtube stars and playing roblox and doing all these things that other parents deal with mm. and i had to like take a step back and be like well you know what i used to play video games right mm. and yeah we were outside a lot more but my daughter is in door to pandemic yeah. you know like there's all these like different things that have just you know started to create this okay, well, you know what? I was starting to feel her like drifting towards this level of independence where I couldn't, I couldn't join in with her. And so I've started to just once a month, let's get together. Let's do something as dad and daughter. Yeah. And what's been really cool about that is uh, number one, Right now, it's like, you know, it, it's un, it's probably uncool and something that like she's not looking forward to as much as I am. But it's done two things. N number one, it's once we get into once we get into it, we have a great time. And number two, uh, it, it also lets me just let her start to have that independence and space that that she's, you know, non-verbally asking for, so that she can do those other things. And we we 
the traditions that we had, they're just going to evolve and change. And so I don't know, man, what are, what are your thoughts around that? I, I know I went on for a bit there. No, I appreciate that because it is, it's that balance, right? Of what are like t- taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture, we have to be able to um, establish the relationship, but also allow them to influence the relationship. And what I mean by that, um, for example, I think it's great when parents create traditions with their individual kids. And and so I'm kind of putting my youth minister hat on, um, but like, you know, I, I think that's great because one, what you're showing your kids is you want to get to know them personally. You know, they're not just the kids. They're not just, you know, like I love all my kids because, you know, um, uh, because you're all my kids, like spending that individual time with them is, is key. And I remember that with both of my parents, right. Um, having those moments with my mom and my dad. And so right now with Matthew, uh, one of the things that fortunately we both connect on is our love for baseball. Right. And so I've coached him in baseball and, and things along those lines. The one thing I'm, I'm learning to connect with Benjamin, even though we haven't done it independently together is, he loves hiking and the outdoors. And, and that's something that I'm very passionate about. Now, at the same time, I have to be like, okay, what's something that they like that maybe I don't necessarily enjoy, but um, I will learn how to get joy out of it because I love my sons, right? And so um, like Matthew is really into history um, and he wants to do a lot of like, go visit Gettysburg, Antietam and everything like that. And I think those things are fine cool, not what I want to necessarily do on a weekend, but to bring my kids joy, um, that way will bring me joy and influence that relationship as well. Um, you know, Benjamin, we, you know, he's still trying to figure out, it's like Lucy, right? Still trying to navigate and figure out what exactly is his thing, is his jam and, and everything like that. But I think as parents, what we have to do is tell our kids, this is what brings me joy, right? In my case, baseball and hiking, but I want to also learn what brings you joy so that I can nourish that and feed that. And I think it goes back to what you were saying before with how many parents often just say, you know what, this is a um, athletic family and you're doing you know, sports, or this is a musical family and you're playing instruments um, and, uh, or we're in a family business, right? Like, you know, previous episode, we talked with Tom Hayes about his kids. I, I loved how he said they might wanna run Snow Aces, they might not, you know, I think like, we have to be able to tell our kids what we value, but also be open to, you know, what they value as well and try to nurture and and nourish that. Well, it's how we get the the Steve Jobs, Elon Musk's, right? It is probably, it's probably both. It's the fact that they, I don't know their parents, right? So I can't speak specifically to those relationships, but there was probably some push and pull in those relationships that not only created the, you know, the, the passion and drive to go do what they do and be really good at it, but also the things that were missing that they're craving, right. That also, uh, you know, leads into that. So yeah, man, I, and I love, I love how you're, you're talking about, you know, getting to know the individual, especially when you have multiple kids, right? I, I don't, I don't, I don't cross that bridge. Well, um, and, and, you know, we have to, and, and that it's hard, it's hard, right? Because, 
you know, the one, one thing um, recently that we've been going through with Matthew, and, and this is something that has helped me when, when Matthew was a small kid, like he, he probably went through more reams of paper in this house than like we could handle. Right. There'd be times where uh, Kate and I'd be frustrated because there's no paper left and she's bringing paper home from work and everything like that. Cause he's just drawing and sketching on everything. And he loved this art. And then, you know, for a year or two, it kind of just subsided. And, um, you know, we didn't really take note of it too much, but we, I was taking the boys to the Maryland Science Center and right outside on the promenade in, in the Harbor was a book fair. And um, we're walking by and there was a guy who was doing a presentation on comic book art, you know, and the story and the art, you know, like all these intricate details about comic books that any lay person might not understand. And, um, and Matthew just kind of like froze like in awe. And I was like, buddy, we got to go to the mayor, you know, into the science center. And he's like, well, can we just watch this a little bit, you know, late, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I saw the sign and the sign was set, said that they were going to be there, you know, the next day, this was a, a Friday in the summer and, and they were going to be there Saturday. So I was like, you know what, we'll come back tomorrow. I'll talk to your mom and, and we'll come back tomorrow. And so we came back the next day and he just sat down and while well, <laughs> Kate, Benjamin and I were like, all right, what are we going to do? Matthew, like amongst all these like young adults and teenagers are just listening to this, this guy talk about, and he's taking notes and he's sketching. And for like the next week, he was just enthralled in that. And so I know this is a long story, but getting to this year, um, as he was graduating, uh, finishing up his elementary school career, we started to ask, okay, is he going to continue at St. Joe's for middle school? Or are we going to look at one of the magnet programs with art? And he got into the magnet program at uh, one of the schools for visual arts. And he had a decision to make between going back to St. Joe's or going to this new school. And that was like an interesting exercise where we allowed him to make that decision. I mean, we, you know, at the end of the day, if we weren't okay with it, we were, we were going to make a, a different decision and he chose art. And so for us as parents now, especially as a father, right? Like I see, I see our role as parents, but especially as a father, okay, how do I continue to pour into that and help him like explore that avenue to see if this is where he's being called to, you know, find his vocation or you know what you know so so yeah yeah that that's incredible and it, it it makes me think about like consciously or unconsciously the impact of like the level of independence that we get to create for our kids so you know like you had the conscious opportunity to allow Matthew to make the decision, you know, maybe that's not the same for everyone out there. And maybe some of you are, are thinking, you know, about as we talk about this, you know, like I can't identify with anything, you know, that, that, you know, Matt and Chris are talking about, but it, it actually brought me back. Like I, I actually started to, to think about, you know, when I was younger than, Lucy and Benjamin are right now, you know, even like in kindergarten, I was like seeing myself off to the bus and, you know, by whatever, second or third grade, my, my best friend and I were walking all the young kids to school. And, and now there was levels of dependence and independence baked in there, right? Like, it, you know, my lunch was made, right. We went to my 
buddy's mom's house. And, you know, she was there for us to kind of initially see us off and make sure that, that we started the day right. But, you know, those things were, were not something that my parents said, oh, you know what? Like, we don't care about him, you know, like it was something that their jobs just didn't allow for them to be there. Right. And how many parents and kids and, and, and things like that went through that experience. And so as I reflect upon that, I think about like how much, like as a parent, you want to create this safety net uh, and, and other times what's the reaction when, when things don't go as planned. Right. So quick example, I would let the dog out in the morning at a very young age. The dog was probably in that 75, it was a Labrador retriever, 75 to hundred pound range. And most days it went swimmingly, right? Well, you know, there was a day where the dog legitimately saw something, darted for it. I had my hand on its collar and it dragged me through like the yard and then ran and then then ran, right? And somebody found our dog. uh, And I'm not sure how familiar you are with Lake Hawatha, but on Beverwick Road, right? Like heavily trafficked. Yeah. Uh, luckily he had a tag on, but my, my dad had to leave work. He had to come home to receive the dog. Right. And that was an opportunity where they could have completely pulled the reins back and said, you know what? We need you to, we're going to have to get a babysitter to see you in the morning. And they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's such a great point. Right. And it's, um, it's kind of that a lot of our parenting um, and I don't just mean you and not I, but like our generation's parenting is a reaction to the way that we were parent and and the way that our fathers act and 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 not necessarily a negative response. Like we're responding because they did such a poor job, or it, it's just uh, learning from them and 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 doing that. So, um, you know, in addition to your dad, what are like models of fatherhood that have influenced you or helped you kind of? become the father you are today? Like who, what are, who, or what are some of the influences that have really shaped the way that you uh, parent Lucy? Hmm. That's a tough one, man. You came out of left field. With that hey, one. just because we don't have a guest today doesn't mean I'm, I'm laying off the heavy questions, but no. Uh, well, you know, I, I, interestingly enough, I'll say this. So Every weekend, I would either be like on a Saturday, I'd either be with my dad's side of the family or my mom's side of the family. So at either grandparents' house, right? Because my parents worked on Saturdays. And I wasn't close in age to my uncles and aunts, but they were close enough in age, right? They were like teens to like early 20s or whatever it was. And even before they were parents, right, they were actually really great role models and examples for me that I think really helped shape who I've become today. And, and, you know, I call one of my uncles my older brother because I didn't have that. And yet each of them played such a vital role for everything that they brought to the table. So it was almost like I had multiple parents right while still having two really tremendous and great parents yeah that was it 
I, I don't know if that answered your question, but I'm, I'm curious to, to your reply. Yeah, no, um, I think, I think we have all sorts of influences. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, um, when my parents separated, uh, you know, um, and, and then later divorced, I had interactions with my dad, but my dad was not nearly as present as he was when I was a smaller kid or, you know, even today. And so for me, there was this like real thirst, uh, you know, for, uh, father figures and, and role models. And, um, I, you know, I, I'm blessed that I have a, a bunch of really great uncles, including my, um, my godfather, my uncle Tom, um, helping me, you know, just, you know, grow my faith, my uh, mom's dad, my, my grandfather, Papa, as we call them, uh, he was a huge influence. Um, but I think one of the reasons I, I was drawn so much to the church, the Catholic church was, um, you know, there were a couple of priests in my life who, who were really good with it. But um, as I've gotten older, um, I found that, uh, and, you know, uh, Jim, who's been on the show, he's a part of this group, um, along with, uh, you know, a couple of other guys who um, are, you know, 10, 15 years, 20 years older than me. And they have been such a wealth of resources of uh, just how to parent, right? Um, there was like one day where, um, you know, I was not father of the year, nor would I have even have been in the running to be uh, father of the year. And, um, and they were there just to be like, yep, yep, we all mess it up like that. We all screw up and everything. And, uh, and that's, and that's totally okay. And uh, for me, um, it, it was reassuring to have some of those role models to teach me like, you know, like we've talked a lot about the positive attributes and aspects of being a father, but um, you know, I, I can only think about how much scarring and wounds that I've created as a dad. And if it hadn't been for these, even, these other dads, even my own, right? Like I wouldn't know how to go back to my kids. And, and I don't know about you, Matt, but like uh, there have been several times where I've had to sit down with Matthew and Benjamin and say, you know what, when I yelled at you or when I said that thing, you didn't do anything wrong. That was, that was, that was me. Like I messed up. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's kind of like a scary moment where you're like, will my kid forgive me? Right. Because I don't know about you. I, I will love my kids. They, they will piss me off to no end. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like they will, uh, there'll be times where I'm just like enough, but like, I will always love them. But I also want that in return whether I deserve that or not is a whole nother thing. Yeah. So for me, I think it's important that my kids know that even though I'm the parent, even though I'm the dad, like I'll mess it up. I'll mess it up. Yeah. Well, they're, they're like, number one, I'm going to circle back to something I, I, you know, I, I, I said earlier, you know, in, in, in brevity, but this is what, really caused me to create those like one once a month like her and I get together because I was starting to feel like oh my god she's already drifting away and I don't I don't get my dad daughter time and and I found myself like reflecting on that and being like well that 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 might be a selfish stance and right and and maybe it's not but I, I, that was, that's like my first takeaway is, is the reality is, is, is our relationships going to change over time, but our feelings and like who we are won't. 
And so how do we uh, adjust and adapt to that? And then the second thing is, is just, you know, you point this out, right? There's positive and negative things that were left upon us intentionally or unintentionally. But the reality is, is like we get to write our own script and it sounds like, you know, to, to what you just spoke about, I mean, like that's part of what's so amazing about being a parent, right? Like it's literally the greatest career in the world. It's also the most challenging. It's forced me to become a lifelong learner. And for that, I'm super grateful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm almost glad that, um, we, there is no manual to parenthood, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, it's funny how we behave like there is sometimes. And, you know, I, I don't, I can't remember if we talked about mom guilt. I don't think there's as much dad guilt, <laughs> you know, as there is mom guilt, but um, sometimes we have to remind ourselves that because there's no manual to parenthood and raising kids, that it is really like building the plane while you fly it, that, um, that we have to be able to forgive ourselves and give ourselves grace. Right. And that as fellow dads, and one of the reasons I'm really appreciating this conversation is the fact that we're reminding ourselves of the joys of fatherhood, but also the humanity that we have to embrace because we're not superhuman. Um, so I, I think I think this this is this is really key and, and huge. Um, and uh, I know as we're getting ready for Father's Day, right? We've talked about how. It's not about the barbecue or the donuts with dad or anything like that, but it really is about spending time with these kids, you know, who are a gift, who um, we treasure, but also learning how to also get out of the way, right? And allow yeah. them to really grow. And I think that's huge. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I listen, you, you know, uh, we've been on our runs enough to know that we can go pretty far in these conversations. <laughs> and right. Um, and I, I, if it's cool with you, I'd love to, to, you know, you, you kind of pivoted on me. I'd love to throw a pivot back at you if that's okay. Go for it. Go for it. Who's your favorite TV dad? Oh, that's a loaded question. You know, um, you know, it's, it's funny because like, there's that whole stigma out there that dads are doofs on tv right like yeah tim allen who and homer simpson who are constantly messing it up and um you know uh like really struggling with that um but you know i i don't man i i know i'm gonna say one dad and then like 20 minutes after the this episode yeah But the one person that comes to mind, and he's not really a, a dad figure, um, even though he is a dad in the show, is, is Ted Lasso, you know? Um, oh, my God. That's, right? First of all, it's unfair because I'm like, I, I love Ted Lasso. So bringing him into the equation uh, is is unfair. Uh, but at the same time, he is a dad. So, yeah, yeah. run with this. I well, want to hear it. But, I mean, in, in the shows, they don't talk so much about uh, his fatherhood because uh, just for people who've never seen the show, and this isn't really spoiling much American um, football coach uh, from Wichita state gets a contract to uh, uh, manage a fictional, uh, um, you know, premier league team, uh, um, uh, the football club in Richmond. And um, 
And so he's separated from his wife and his son who are back in the States while he's getting established. And the amount of wisdom, the way that he cares for the young men on his team um, is just like, I think, great advice in parenting, you know, Um, because there's a little bit of humor. There's a little bit of uh, there's a lot of accountability um, and a whole lot of encouragement. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, so for me, like one of I would have to say he's he's one of my favorite uh, TV dads. Um, and just because it is this uh, this example of, of of loving people, but also um, encouraging that uh, forward. So um, yeah. So how about how about you? Wh- who's the dad that came to mind? So I, I think you you listed you know a lot of them that we probably or, or, or our list is probably the same of, of ones that we've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll I'll kind of frame the question in, in this sense. The person that people tend to compare me to is uh, Phil from Modern Family. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I can see that. And, yeah. Yeah. And and I do kind of like, like, I I, I see my, like, I, I see, it might not be the dad I want, like, I envisioned who I, like, I want to be. But I love watching it because I'm like, oh, my God, it's totally okay to be Phil. Like, he's just this awesome dude who loves his kids and he's tripping, you know, a lot of times tripping his way through life, saying some stupid things. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it's like a term of endearment that, you know, they would compare, you know, people would compare me to him. Yeah. Yeah. If I were to compare myself to a dad, I think it might be like a Tim Allen um, where, yeah. Um, I so often try to be right, want to be right, prove to myself that I'm right, even when I'm wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not nearly as handy as he is, even though like he's somewhat handy or, or whatnot, but, um, you know, just, just kind of with those moments that that's one dad that, that definitely comes to mind. Um, but yeah, you know, like speaking of models of, of parenting, I mean, the one story that always, uh, sticks out to me is um, the story of the prodigal son. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with the story of the prodigal son, but um, it's uh, just, and for our listeners, it's the story of a father of two sons. Um, and this is found in, in, in scripture, but uh, the father of two sons and one son is really loyal. The other son is kind of like a, a renegade. And he basically goes to his father and says, you know what, you're going to die one day. And instead of me waiting for that moment, just give me all of your inheritance. And, um, and I'm just done with you. And the father says, okay, (laughs) you know, and, and gives him this inheritance and he goes off. He, he gets rid of it. He just, he ruins it. He, he finds himself at the lowest like possible point in life. And the son hits this moment where he realizes the only thing that he can do is run back to his father. And so he runs back to his father. And as he's going back to his father, his father is, is waiting for his son to return and not to judge him, not to condemn him, not to turn him back, but to, to welcome him back in. And when the son returns, the father, um, the son is like, you know, I will be your servant. You have, you can, you don't even have to pay me. You know, I I just, I just want to be back in, in, in your sort of protection. The father's like, you know, you were lost and now you were found. I'm so glad that you're back. We're going to celebrate and, and like celebrate some to a T and, and everything. And so 
what that's shown me as a, as a dad is that, and this goes back to a comment I was saying earlier, is that no matter who my sons turn out to be, whether I'm comfortable with that or not, like I know for me to be the best father possible is just to constantly go after them, pursue them, pour out to them. Um, because I always want them to know that they have a home and that they have a, a father who loves them, you know, unconditionally, even when I do not do that well. Um, and, and so what I love about, you know, some of the dads that we've talked about, like Phil from Modern Family and Ted Lasso and everything like that is, I mean, they're not perfect, right? But, and I love seeing this more and more in TV dads is that they do love their kids, right? And um, they're willing to be involved with their kids. And I think that's some of the best fatherhood advice that I've gotten from the world or from outside influences or outside sources or scripture or whatever. And, uh, and that's one thing I'd wanna encourage dads or potential fathers who are listening to this. Yeah, I love that. It, uh, it made me think about all the times, you know, one of the things I thought about you know, in anticipation of the, the conversation today is, you know, when I first left for college, what that must have been like, mm-hmm. right? When I came home and then immediately moved to Colorado, right? And then I came home again and, and you know, in short order, moved to the Baltimore area and then DC mm-hmm. and then, right? Like how hard it must have been to like kind of let go each time. But to your point, always creating the sense of home you know and knowing like what you can count on your mom and dad like mom or dad for i you know i think that's important you know we we talked about moms last month and you know to me i i i'll never know what it's like to be a mom right just from the gender perspective but i think we can all agree that, you know, being a parent, you know, it takes on many forms. And uh, I think part of being a good father is also making the space for my wife to have that relationship with our daughter and, and have the things that our daughter not only enjoys with her, but takes away from her and knows that she can go to her in those scenarios. Like we don't have to be, and, and I think this is, this is, we wear this in so many different ways, but we don't have to be everything to our kids. Yeah, and, and you said something that's so key, and this was actually advice both my parents have given me, but also um, other people have given me, is one of the ways we're gonna be really good fathers is by being excellent husbands, you know? And and so, because um, let's face it, <laughs> without Lane and Kate, we wouldn't have Lucy, Benjamin, and Matthew, right? Like, um, and so, um, you know, for me, that's always been a value of like, if I love my wife, if I show my sons how to love, you know, uh, another woman to, um, you know, to how I love their mother, that's gonna show them how to love their mother, but also how to love um, their future spouse, right? Um, And I, I can imagine in your case, right, you're showing them what it looks like, you're showing Lucy what it looks like for a man to love his wife, you know, properly so that, you know, she, she's looking for that in a partner, you know, as she's getting like what it looks like to be loved by someone. Right. Um, and I think it, for us to be really good, uh, parents, we have to be really good spouses. Yeah. 
Yeah, hands down. Um, so, man, I uh, you started the conversation off with this question, and, and I think it might be a good place to end because um, we gotta go be you, parents. <laughs> yeah, what what would be what would be ideal, man? We we got a couple days beforehand. Uh-huh. What would be ideal for you this year on Father's Day? To be left alone with the drink. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, it's it's actually fine. We're gonna be going camping. Um, which is really cool. Um, and for me with Father's Day, it's just not having anything scheduled except being present with the family, right? Um, and whether that's watching a movie together, just, you know, um, like grabbing wings, pizza, and just hanging out. I, I don't need to go to like any barbecues. I don't need to go to any concerts or anything like that. I don't, I don't need any gifts, just spending time, chill time with them. Right. I think yeah. that's, that that's what I look forward to. And that's what I hope um, I get for father's day. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I think, I think in most years, cause I, I'm not quite fully there yet. Um, but I think in most years I might actually say it'd be, you know, if, if they were at home, it'd be great to go see an Orioles game. Um, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. And uh, it's something that we alluded to earlier that, you know, baseball was, such a big part of the relationships that I built, whether it was my dad or my uncle or whoever, it's just that one sport where it's like, you don't have to fully pay attention to be paying attention. And, and it, there's some quality time baked in there and, and a lot of memories. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, with regards to that, um, you know, I, I'm kind of like you where I like to go in with the blank canvas, but I, I probably foresee myself, you know, grilling something, we're trying, you know, something different from a new restaurant, having a beer. And uh, to me, I don't know, just I, I like it as just another day to reflect and, uh, you know, and, and, and just, you know, be with my daughter, be with my wife and, and uh, you know, just kind of enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Well, for everyone who's listening with us, um, a happy early Father's Day to all the dads out there, all the um, uncles and godfathers and father figures out there as well. You know, uh, we definitely wish and hope that you guys um, enjoy this. And, and if you have great stories about your dad or about being a father, we'd love for you to send them to us at info at between the miles.com. Um, if you have any comments, you can leave them um, on our website, betweenthemiles.com or on our social media, Facebook and Instagram. We'd love for you guys to reach out to us there. Um, and if you, uh, like this episode or previous episodes, we'd love for you to leave a five-star review on Spotify, uh, Apple podcasts, or anywhere that this episode can be heard. Um, Matt, before we sign off, any last words of wisdom or thoughts or questions? No, uh, happy father's day to, uh, you know, all the great dads. I mean, the list is way too long to list them out. So, uh, you know, and, and, uh, can't wait to see, you know, be with everyone again next week. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So again, thanks for everyone who's joining us. I'm Chris and with me is Matt. We're slowing down, talking to the people around us between the miles.
This has been a Between the Miles production. Your hosts, Chris Wesley and Matt Wells. Music provided by Jam Studio Wide Open Road. For more information, visit our website at betweenthemiles.com.